You're listening to a podcast from BJSM. It's great to be with Jewel Cook, and we're going to talk about tendons, of course. Jewel is a professor at Monash University. She's well known to BJSM listeners, and she speaks about tendons all around the world. She's had a popular previous podcast I can refer you to. And Jewel, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. And you've created quite interest in this model, a continuum model of tendinopathies with you and Craig Purdom. What are the key reasons listeners might want to consider this model when they're managing tendinopathies? Well, having different stages in tendinopathy allows you to have to direct different treatments. So in a reactive tendon where the tendon is aggravated or the cells are irritated by an overload, the clinical management will revolve around settling down the tendon cells and not irritating them. And the ways that you might choose to do that would be, and probably the most important way, is to look at the loads that have um, instituted the response in the tendon or the reactivity in the tendon and reduce those. Now, most true reactive tendons are irritated by a single or perhaps over a couple of sessions abusive overload, a load that's considerably more than what the tendon is used to. So that's the commonest clinical presentation. And so by reducing the loads and taking away the loads that are, uh, have irritated it, you can allow the tendon to settle and then you can actually look at other scenarios. And what sort of loads are you talking about, Jill? Okay, so we commonly think about tensile overload in tendons and particularly we know that energy storage and release loads are particularly provoking for tendons. But a recent paper that we published has sort of compiled some evidence that Compressive loads are important, especially in tendon insertion, so entheses, where the tendon is compressed against the bone proximal to the actual insertion. Now, in most entheses, we see this compression, and this it's really important to reduce that load as well as the tensile overload. So that's important in things like insertional Achilles tendinopathy and which other places? Okay, as best we know, the Achilles insertion, the gluteus medius tendon, the hamstring, upper hamstring tendon, the adductor tendons, and perhaps the supraspinatus tendon, but you perhaps have to talk to a shoulder expert about that. But what we do know is that if you load these tendons at length, you will compress the tendon against the bone, and particularly if you combine the load. So if you put energy storage loads at a long length, you'll get both tension and compressive overloads. That seems to be the most destructive to the tendon. Now in a reactive tendon, what we need to do is reduce both these loads so that we stop provoking the cells in the tendon and allow time to settle. For listeners, as far as shoulders go, don't forget the Jeremy Lewis podcast that you can click on on our homepage. Jill, moving on from reactive tendinopathy, there's the concept of degenerative tendinopathy. Degenerative tendinopathy is a tendon that tends not to present clinically that much. You will see it occasionally after people um, have a, a flare that we can talk about a little bit later, but it tends to be a grumbly or quite commonly even asymptomatic tendinopathy where this is where people will have symptoms after they overload for a little bit of time and then it will settle down. What we see in these people is that they ha usually have quite substantial unloading strategies. So somehow, either due to pain or for some other mechanism we don't understand, these people know that they have a reduced capacity in their tendon and they tend to unload. So we see um, loss of strength, loss of power, loss of 
energy storage capacity and these people usually uh, aren't able to do any high level activity not because necessarily of tendon pain or capacity but because they just don't have the the muscular um, strength to do it and does that have clinical implications yeah clearly so if someone has a degenerative tendinopathy and they haven't loaded and they do have muscle strength and power issues then any time they try and do a load that demands those um, capacities they tend to irritate their tendons so one of the key management strategies for these people is to actually address this loss of strength and loss of power and loss of uh, capacity to energy store in the tendon and to restore those because once you've restored those then the person is capable and the tendon is will tolerate quite high loads but you have to do it progressively you can't jump into um, getting people to you know hop and and change direction you've actually got to start at the basics with some weights and some strength work then build through the endurance get the tendon to adapt to a power, so the faster work and finally to the energy storage. So that can be weeks to months in terms of restoring that capacity in the muscular tendinous unit. Jill, there are a few special cases that you think people can uh, draw on your experience from. Yeah, we rarely see truly reactive tendons. Probably the most common scenario is if someone has a direct blow to the tendon, that can really induce a big reaction. And we actually rarely see degenerative tendons because they often just grumble along by themselves without too many troubles. The ones that we see clinically are in fact probably most commonly what we call reactive on degenerative. That is where someone has had some degenerative change in their tendon. They have unloaded as we discussed, so they have less capacity in their musculotendinous unit. And then they go out and do something that's above what they're used to. So this would be the person who decides after a period of uh, being inactive decides to become active and starts with running five kilometers so these are the people that will irritate their tendon and present to you with tendon pain now what we think happens is that it's probably not the degenerative area that's creating the problem it's a reaction in the normal part of the tendon that's taking the load so this is a combination case where the it's the reactivity that in, um, brings them to you with pain but it's the underlying degeneration that's actually made them vulnerable to um, the reaction uh, within the degenerative tendon. Interesting and so the management approach to those? A combination approach of the two that we talked about before so settle them down or settle the reactivity down and in these tendons it tends to be relatively quick so you can unload these tendons for five to ten days and and their pain levels will settle quite dramatically then what you have to do if you don't want them to represent with this condition is actually address the deficits that we talked about in a in a uh, degenerative tendon where they they lack the strength and the power and the capacity to store energy so it's a two-phase program so the first phase is to settle them very quick. Second phase is to actually improve the capacity in the tendon. That's a much slower response. But that will ensure that they will not present back to you with this condition. And that's with excessive loading to bring that on. Sometimes you see a patient comes in and they don't seem to have an obvious reason for developing a tendinopathy. They haven't done enough. Yeah, you, I think if you usually hunt fairly hard, you can find a a load that's uh, irritating the tendon and if you can't obviously you have to really think clearly about your diagnosis however in these people often it's a load that 
in a normal person perhaps wouldn't induce a tendinopathy. So this would be much more likely in someone who's unloaded their tendon for a period of time, been a couch potato or, you know, not really done very much activity. So the capacity in their tendon has, has reduced. And in these people, really simple things like running a couple of metres for the bus or, um, you know, jumping off uh, a couple of steps or something like that can be enough to induce a tendinopathy because the tendon is substantially unloaded and lacking capacity. So these people will present usually with a reactive tendon and again you need to settle them down but actually if they want to go on to becoming more load tolerant and that they may or may not then you have to actually again uh, impose a graduated loading program, program on them to improve the capacity of the tendon. Are there any other tips you've got for keen listeners? In a reactive tendon, probably the evidence suggests that um, heavy slow loading or even heavy isometric loading is the best tool you have in your toolbox to actually get rid of pain. So you can use medications to settle tendons such as the triple therapy, which is the ibuprofen, doxycycline, EGCG sort of routine. But in terms of exercise and, and certainly probably the easiest thing for people to do is some heavy isometric or very very slow movement exercises for some reason that we don't understand yet this seems to be extraordinarily effective at reducing pain and pushing people through the reactive phase quicker so that you can actually address the capacity deficits that that they have that you can then work on to prevent them getting the reaction in the first place thanks jill You've been listening to Jill Cook, who is Deputy Editor of BJSM and has a major role in our physiotherapy curriculum and our physiotherapy uh, relations. Jill can be followed through the BJSM blog and BJSM Twitter as well, and the Twitter address is at BJSM underscore BMJ. Thanks for listening to this podcast and check the other podcasts on our homepage. For more information about this program and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.